And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Called Churches, and founder and president of STAND, staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. And I am he. Great to be with you again today. It is Friday, folks, and I hope that you are ready for a wonderful weekend. This is First Amendment Friday here on The Awakening on American Family Radio, and that means we're going to be taking your calls for most of the program. So you can start to line up now. For those of you who have tried to call and have not been able to get through, this is the right day for you. Uh, because we're gonna, I'm going to take this first segment to introduce a couple of topics and make a couple of comments. But then when we come back, I want to go right to your calls. The number is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. And for those of you who get through as first-time callers who've tried before, make sure you let me know that. really appreciate being able to hear from you for the first time. Let me hit just about three topics, and then we're going to take a break and come right back and take your calls. And by the way, of course, on First Amendment Fridays, it means that everything is on the table. Any topic you want to bring up doesn't have to bring, be something I've raised today. It could be something that came up on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or something that's never come up before at all that, that you think is worthy of discussion. First thing I want to say is uh, our, our hearts go out to the families of uh, the four fallen officers uh, this month. And there have been many officers injured this month, but four officers killed so far. Uh, police officer Wil- Wilbert Mora of New York City, Corporal Charles Galloway of Harris County Constable's Office in um, Texas, Precinct 5, I think that's Harris County, Detective Jason Rivera, New York City Police Department. In fact, his funeral may still be going on uh, in in terms of the march. I think the ceremony itself at the church is over. But folks, listening to his family, just just, this stuff just tears your heart out. I mean, and to and to to hear Black Lives Matter say we shouldn't be honoring these people, these people these officers as heroes it just oh, it, it oh it just yeah let me just stop there because it just it it's it's disgusting beyond what i as a christian can can express frankly uh it, it just it's bad it's bad like i say again folks so that everybody hears me particularly you americans of african ancestry this Black Lives Matter thing is evil. It is evil. It is not something to play around with or compromise. Well, I understand the sentiment. No, no, no. It's wrong at its very core because it's based upon a lie. So there's Detective Jason Rivera who's being funeralized today. Police officer Fernando Arroyos from Los Angeles who was shot to death on Monday, January 10th. Now, you notice something? Three out of the four that I've just mentioned are Hispanic. Now, we're always hearing the left talking about brown people and black people. and But apparently, if you're brown wearing blue, you don't count. 
just as if you're black wearing blue, you don't count. Now, as far as I am concerned, it doesn't matter what the color of a police officer is. They all deserve our respect and our gratitude for the dangerous and difficult job that they do. But they're the ones who are always bringing up racial identity. But apparently it doesn't matter when you don a blue uniform and serve as a police officer. So therefore, they are rank hypocrites, proving again that it is not concern about minorities in this country that drives them. It is ideology that drives them, pure and simple. They could care less about anybody, regardless of the color of their skin. They care about their agenda. And anybody who doesn't understand that is being led down the primrose path. You're, you're being manipulated. You're being fooled. But God bless these officers and God bless their families. And I have to tell you that the, the, what I heard from the families, their testimony about uh, officer detective now posthumously uh, promoted to detective, Detective Rivera, it was just, just absolutely heart-wrenching. I have to tell you the things I heard coming from the, the officials you know what my thought is? Show me. You know, don't 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 pontificate and act all heartbroken, and then support policies that only put dangerous people back on the streets to kill more police officer and innocent victims. So that was one thing. I just wanted to get that on the table for everybody to be thinking about and praying for these families and 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 praying that some common sense and godly wisdom will, will, will be returned to the governance of these cities and we stop turning out dangerous predators to kill people. So that was one thing. Second thing I want to mention is that I'm sure you all saw this story, but this, this, this is another heartbreaking story about this 12-year-old girl who tried to commit suicide twice and come to find out, this is in Florida, in Clay County, come to find out that teachers had been meeting with this child secretly for the last several months, about four months, confusing the child, convincing the child that she was really a boy in a girl's body. And, you know, you've got to do something about that, obviously. Poor child, confused, distraught parents knowing nothing about it until they got the report that their child was in the hospital having tried to commit suicide. They come to find out that there's these secret meetings going on with their child unbeknownst to the parents and what these, these teachers were really doing as it turns out was killing this girl. Killing her. Confusing her. Separating her from her parents. And folks, here again, I've used this this analogy again and again because I think it is so, it so accurately describes what we're witnessing. This is cult-like behavior. You know, cults try to separate people from their families, the people who love them most, the people who care for them most, and convince them that, no, 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 no. We, the cult members, are your real friends. And your family, oh, they're, they're the problem. See, they don't have the enlightenment that we have. They don't have the revelations that we have. You must stay away from them. Don't tell them what we know. Don't tell them what we're doing because they will never understand. They just, and you basically drive an emotional wedge 
and psychological wedge between people, in this case, a child and her own parents for the purpose of getting that child to think the way you want her to think. Well, look where it led. Almost lost the child's life. And the parents are suing, and well, they should. This stuff has got to stop. Uh, Really, folks, there needs to be some kind of national legislation against this stuff. Because to me, what they're really doing, maybe we do need to have another category of discrimination in the civil rights laws, which is childhood. Because these people think they can do anything to our children they want to do. And they can do it with impunity. And then look, when the parents, of course, raised their vehement objections, they were told, well, we know that you all as Catholic Christians would not understand and be able to relate. What? Excuse me? So these bureaucrats, these representatives of government, of the state, who don't know me, they don't know you, they don't know our children, but they know better what's best for our children than we do. I mean, this stuff is insane and it's evil. Back in a moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. Many religious leaders from various denominations have spoken out against what could be called woke theology. Earlier this month, Archbishop Jose Gomez added his concern. As the leader of the Archdiocese in Los Angeles, he wanted to step forward to educate others. He's concerned that the space that the church and believing Christians are permitted to occupy is shrinking due to wokeism. He has noticed how church institutions and Christian-owned businesses are increasingly challenged and harassed. He added that it is also true in so many other sectors like education, health care, and government. The woke religion, he says, rejects the salvation of Christ for the salvation found in racial tension and class struggle. He laments that these ideas have not only overtaken the universities, corporations, and the media, but are also found within Catholic and Protestant churches. He also explains that woke faith is incompatible with Christian faith for so many reasons. First, it is atheistic and denies God and Christ. Second, it replaces biblical sin and salvation with a false view of salvation through racial struggle and constant warfare. Third, it is a utopian vision that believes we can somehow create a heaven on earth without Christ. Woke theology is seductive because we do see injustice and inequality in our fallen world. But we do not need to employ a Marxist worldview and secular tools to address real social problems in our society. Many of the successful social movements in the last two centuries, like abolition, suffrage, and civil rights, rested on a biblical foundation. We don't need woke theology to bring salt and light to our fallen world. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. Go deeper on topics like you just heard by visiting pointofview.net. That's pointofview.net. Prayer is not a Christian's last resort. Prayer warriors have an incomparable influence on the world. There's nothing like prayer, nothing that compares. There are no boundaries prayer can't invade. While we may be kept out by a fence, through Christ our prayers can permeate the White House, public schools, and even our teenagers' bedrooms. There are no time restraints on prayer, no hours of service, 
Christ is taking requests 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There are no relationships too strained to pray for, no stronghold Jesus can't tear down. James 5.16 says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. What would happen if the next time you faced a tough situation, you said, the first thing we're gonna do is pray. I'm Leanine Heiss with Moms in Prayer International for OneCry.com. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. One other thing I want to introduce, and then I'm going to come to your calls. The number is 888-589-8840. There is, or was, on January 23rd, an article in the Wall Street Journal written by Dr. Marty McCary. Uh, He is a Johns Hopkins University professor. Uh, He is a medical doctor. And I'll just tell you how the paragraph of his article opens. It is entitled, The High Cost of Disparaging Natural Immunity to COVID. And the first paragraph reads, Public health officials ruin many lives by insisting that workers with natural immunity to COVID-19 be fired if they weren't fully vaccinated. But after two years of accruing data, the superiority of natural immunity over vaccinated immunity is clear. By firing staff with natural immunity, employers got rid of those least likely to infect others, and it's time to reinstate those employees with an apology. And he goes on to talk about the data. He, St. Johns Hopkins has done, has done their own study, and he talks about data coming in from around the world indicating that two years out from having been affected, having been infected with COVID, the immunity that people have, meaning the antibodies that are still in their bloodstream, are very, very strong. He says um, natural immunity was 2.8 times as effective at preventing hospitalization, 3.3 to 4.7 times as effective in preventing COVID infection compared with vaccination. I mean, so just let's make that a little bit more dramatic sounding. 330% to 470 times, 70% times more effective at preventing hospitalization and preventing COVID infection than vaccination. That's staggering. But you won't hear that from Fauci, and you won't hear that from the CDC, and you won't hear that from the World Health Organization, and you won't hear that from Big Pharma, and you won't hear that from Bill Gates, and you won't hear that from Joe Biden, and you won't hear that from any of these lying puppets, lying puppets, who are more interested in enriching Big Pharmacy uh, than they are in saving the lives of the American people. The number again, 888-589-8840. Let's go to your call. This is First Amendment Friday, folks. Open lines, 888-589-8840. So let's go to Dorothy in Georgia. Dorothy, welcome. Dorothy, are you there? I'm here. There you go. Great to have you on, Dorothy. Yes, I was just hearing him talking about how these teachers are doing this girl. That is cruel, it's evil, and it's demonized. I know, Dorothy. It's straight wrong. 
Yeah, you, look, you, Dorothy, you're absolutely right. And the arrogance of doing this to other people's children without their knowledge or consent and then lecturing them that because they're Christians, you knew they wouldn't understand. I mean, it, it's just, you're right, Dorothy, it is evil. Dorothy, thank you so much for the call. Appreciate you. Let's go to Pete, also in Georgia. Pete, welcome. Hey, Bishop. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for your work. Uh, it's great to hear you. Thank and you, uh, so I'm here in Savannah, Georgia. We have a lot, a lot of very active patriots here in Savannah, Georgia. And any of your listeners in Georgia and our area, look up the Southeastern Georgia Republican Alliance on, on uh, online. We have, it's a great organization. But I just want to talk about two things. Of, you know, thank you for your great work, by the way. And I did not know about that little girl. Uh, I'm running for school board president of Savannah Chatham County this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I have no experience in this, but I do have experience. You know, I, I did create a timeline of American history that was written about in the AFA journal back in 2013. Huh. And I'm a parent. So, um, you know, I just want to encourage the listeners, don't feel intimidated like, oh, you can't be qualified because you're, you're going to get blowback like you're not qualified. But the point I'm going to raise when people say it to me is like, you're not qualified. Well, I'll say, look, you know, we've had these quote-unquote qualified people mm-hmm. for decades, and where's it gotten us? It's a, it, it's a train wreck uh, of an indoctrination system. So don't feel, you know, like you can't don't cut yourself out like you're not qualified. You certainly are qualified. If you have a heart for this country, if you have a heart for God, uh, you are qualified. Amen. And go out and run. It's not too late. Right now, go out, find a school board seat that's being that's open. Run for election. Get on the school board. It's the first big step to turning this monster around. And we must. It's only the first step. But get on the school board. Start going to school board meetings, too. I've spoken at hey. five of the last school board meetings here, and I'll tell you what, they are not happy when I show up. If, <laughs> if God will give you the confidence you need, hold in. You can imagine Amen. that, right? I, yeah, I, and all you, right, you, Pete. Oh, and, and, Thank you, Pete, for the call. And listen, Pete, um, I want to congratulate you on stepping up to the plate. God bless you for it. And I want to underscore exactly what you said. Americans, have got to get involved. You've got to run for these offices and don't be cowed by people. To, well, you're not an expert. What's your background? Well, yeah, we, first of all, we as Christians don't surrender our lives to experts. We've already surrendered our lives to God. Never forget that, folks. We don't ever do that. We, we weigh what experts have to say. We listen to their point of view. But it is, in the end, just the point of view. And if COVID hasn't proven that to us all, then I don't know what it would take. Because we've been hearing from experts for two years, and about 80% of the time they've been wrong. 888-589-8840. And these experts who think they know what's best for our children, about 99.99999% of the time they're wrong. And if they, if they ever get it right, it's by mistake. So, yeah, keep keep doing it, Pete. God bless you, and may others do it as well. There's an awakening happening in America, folks. I, I think that's, that's part of it. People saying, you know what? I'm no longer going to say I can't because I don't have that background. I don't have that expertise. I've got more common sense than these nutcases who are basically trying to, to indoctrinate our children with a bunch of perverse nonsense. Okay, let's see. Let's get 
to uh, Ron in Michigan. Ron, welcome. Well, thank you very much. Am I on? Yes, you are, Ron. Well, well, thank you. I want to say thank you for coming to the Resurrection Life Church Sunday morning here in Granville, Michigan. I'm calling you from Holland, Michigan, and I'm glad I was in the first service because the building was rocked so bad I was wondering <laughs> if there's going to be standing for the second service. Okay, Bless Rob. Well, listen, I'm glad you were there. Thanks so much for attending. Did you, did you and I get a chance to meet? No, sir, I didn't. I went okay. back to the book table, and you were not there. But I do want to thank you for your service to our country, and this police officer issue is one that hits home. My dad served 20 years as a policeman in mm. the city of Harvey, which is south of Chicago, retired in 87, and I just got to visit him at the cemetery. He's buried in the Veterans mm. Cemetery uh, south of Springfield, Missouri, so... Thank you for just making us aware of these police officers and their service, and also the veterans. We appreciate them. And uh, one other thing I was just wanting to add real quickly is you mentioned a couple of weeks ago the ballots. And John Graves, who is with One Million Voices, has recently said, and I heard him say this, so it's not my thought, it's his, but he said we've got to change the term from ballot harvesting to ballot trafficking because hmm. each one is a felony. And so that's mm-hmm. a big point. He's on the, was on the Victory Channel recently. and um, But, I mean, to get that word out there so people don't think, oh, yeah, ballot harvesting, that sounds good. But, no, it's actually a felony in, you know, taking someone's right. ballot and turning it in. Ron, thank you so much for the call. We appreciate it. And, uh, look, whatever it takes, I know John Graves, good man, whatever it takes to make people aware that, all kinds of laws are being broken and shenanigans and games being played with our electoral process, whatever it takes to awaken people to that, I am for. Thank you for the call, Ron. Let's go to Scott in Iowa. Scott, welcome. Hey, Bishop, thank you for taking my call. I, you, I, got to see, I was fortunate enough to see you when you came and visited uh, Waterloo with uh, uh, Trevor Loudon and then Judd Saul. So yes, sir, kind of hoping to get back sometime. Chest. Yeah, when you walked in the door, man, I, I could feel the spirit. I, I, I was just really put a big smile Praise on my God. face, and your program was great. So Thank I was just kind of mention about we've been talking about the transgenders and sports and changing things. I think we kind of forget back when, I mean, this has been in the plan a long time ago, and you know that, but when the men's only groups were cut out, and then we had to have girls and the boys wrestling, and nobody cared about that. You know, boys and Girls are usually stronger and beating the boys, and nobody cared, and then, Girls and Boy Scouts, I see now we get the first girls of the first Eagle Boy Scout, which doesn't make sense, but that's what I saw at church the other day, and I yeah. don't want to demean what she did. I'm very proud of her for her work. But, you know, I think they've been funneling in this direction for a oh, long yeah. time. They told they yep. told boys couldn't be boys, and now they say, but you can be a girl. So all of a sudden, oh, I, I can be, though, because we've just been beating our little boys up for so long. Uh, and the men, yeah. we... So that's all I wanted to say. Well, Scott... Appreciate the call, Scott, and looking forward to seeing you all out in Iowa again sometime soon. I'd love to come and visit with you. Uh, look, you're right. I've been talking about this when Michael Jackson and, um, oh, there's another guy. He's, he's, he's a, a rock uh, star, and maybe it'll come to me, but um, it's a one-name deal. You know, some of you are probably going to call me and tell me exactly what I'm thinking of, but they were both known or they're sort of being androgynous 
neither male nor female. And I've said from, for a long time, this is really all part of a plan to desensitize us and to get us to buy into this notion that there's really no difference between men and women and a man can be a woman and a woman can be a man and basically to get us to buy into homosexuality and I wasn't thinking of transgenderism as we know it today, but same deal. Back in a moment. It's my turn. Here is your host for My Turn, Don Wildman. In the book of Psalms, there's one short verse that says, Great is our Lord and abundant in power. Back in the second half of the 19th century, there was a soldier by the name of Lew Wallace. He was a general for the Union forces during the war between the states. Lew Wallace was also a lawyer and a statesman of some note. He served as governor of the New Mexico Territory from 1878 until 1881 and as a minister to Turkey from 1881 to 1885. Like many others, Lew Wallace found that as a grown man, he had no religious beliefs. He often thought about this, especially when he was around some others who were strong in their belief. He even talked to Robert Ingersoll, the well-known atheist, for hours at one time. Ingersoll tried to prove to Wallace that the Bible was an unworthy book. Following a visit with some friends, Wallace spent some time in deep thought about what the friends had discussed. God, Christ, the Bible, etc. Somehow Wallace had felt left out in the conversation, and the reason was simple. He knew very little about the subjects. Following that conversation, Wallace made up his mind to write a book about what his friends had been talking about. The reason he decided to write a book was that he might make an in-depth study of the Bible. You see, he knew that unless he had some primary reason to study the Bible, that his study would be haphazard and would soon end. So for the next several years, Lew Wallace spent what time he could reading and studying the Bible. He read books related to the Bible, books that put light and understanding on the Bible. He also read books that shed light on the times during which certain events in the Bible took place. In fact, for more than seven years, Lew Wallace worked on his book. He developed his theme around the life of Christ. Since he knew hardly anything about the Nazarene, he made Christ the secondary figure in the story, kept him in the background. It was while he was serving as governor of the New Mexico Territory that Wallace put the finishing touches on the book. It wasn't a pleasant time to write for the governor, especially since his life had been threatened by none other than Billy the Kid himself. Soon the book was finished. It was to become one of the most famous books ever written. Wallace named it Ben-Hur. It was translated into several languages. In 1927, it was made into a motion picture. In 1959, it was reshot, this time into one of the most spectacular motion pictures made up to that date. The book Ben-Hur still enjoys good sales even today. But the most important thing about this story is that Lew Wallace, the unbeliever, became Lew Wallace, the believer, because of the research on the book Ben-Hur. Many indeed are the paths 
the Nazarene uses to speak to us. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Let me just say a couple of things. I'm coming right back to your calls. You know, these policies that we are witnessing that many of us object to so vehemently, you know, are not just about philosophical differences and why don't we do it this way rather than that way. You know, these policies that we're objecting to are actually getting people killed. You know, the whole COVID shutdown, we've seen a spike in suicides among young people and all kinds of other psychological maladies as a result of the imposition of these rather draconian rules on people. Um, We're seeing criminals coming across the border. Uh, This Corporal Galloway down in Texas murdered by an illegal immigrant, shot dead at a police stop. And and now we're we're witnessing just literally an epidemic of ambush killings of police officers that is now happening across the country. And with regard to these COVID policies, the failure to, to emphasize therapeutics, to emphasize boosting immune systems, to emphasize monoclonal antibodies as a treatment for inpatient people in, her, in nursing homes and other situations, uh, just, uh, just the one-track approach that says vaccine or die has gotten a lot of people killed because there are effective treatments. One more quick quote from this article by Dr. McCary. He says, we found that among 295 unvaccinated people who previously had COVID, antibodies were present in 99% of them up to nearly two years after infection. And we found that natural immunity developed from prior variants reduced the risk of infection with the Omicron variant. Meanwhile, the effectiveness of two-dose Moderna vaccine against infection declines to 61% against Delta and 16% against Omicron at six months. 888-589-8840. The vaccine has not been the answer that it was cracked up to be. And we should have been pursuing other treatments and other possibilities to help save people's lives, even if they got the disease. 888-589-8840. Let's come back to your calls. Uh, Let's go to, you've been waiting rather patiently, Tommy in Georgia. Tommy, welcome. Yes, Brother Jackson. I was going to tell you, we had the COVID and we had a doctor that gave us the infusion shot and give us some uh, that stuff that Chuck took, a hydrocodone and that ivermectin, and we went through it like nothing. But now my wife has a what other, and he he went back and he cannot even get the infusion now. They're trying to outlaw it because it works. And this other stuff is ivermectin and everything. Even the zinc, he says, I need, need to double up on zinc. But he says, I can't hardly get this stuff. And we haven't ordered out of Mexico ivermectin because of, <laughs> you can't hardly get it no more. The government is doing away with it because it's so cheap. They want to use this high price stuff to get that is not right. That is not right at all. Tommy, you man, it, and it, it really it just it just it just makes your blood boil because here again, they're playing with people's lives. This is not like some sort of board game. 
they're playing with people's lives. People can die who shouldn't have to die, but because they've got their own agenda and they don't want anything to interfere with that, which is, you're right, enriching the pharmaceutical companies, which, by the way, folks, it is documented. Anthony Fauci and many of the scientists around him do benefit financially from the development of these so-called vaccines and other drugs that they are involved with. They do get royalty payments of hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in addition to their government salaries. And who knows what else in terms of their ownership in, in, with stock in these companies and whatnot. This thing is so, so corrupt, it's a shame. So, Tommy, thank you so much for the call. We're, we're Listen, we're praying for you, praying for your wife, that you all will get through this. And on the other side of this, folks, as many of you have said, we need a thorough investigation of this whole thing uh, because I just, I just believe that Americans have really been, in effect, for all practical purposes, murdered by, by policies that were not intended to help us, but were intended to help the pharmaceutical industry. And, and of course, intended to satisfy people with a with a, just an insatiable thirst for power and control over others. And I think we can name Anthony Fauci among those people. 888-589-8840 is the number. Uh, let's go to Deborah in Georgia. Deborah, welcome. Deborah, you are on. Are you there? Okay. Oh, wait a minute. No, I'm sorry. I'm th- Tommy. Tommy. Sorry about that, Tommy. Tommy, are you there? <laughs> Tommy in Texas? Tommy in Texas. There you go. <laughs> sorry about that, Tommy. That's okay. I misread my board, but yes, you're on. <laughs> hey, hey, brother. Uh, yes, sir. No, you're good. Uh, you're good. I just was thinking about just thinking about how the Constitution, you know, uh, we fought for it. Uh, you took an oath as well as I did. Yes. About uh, taking the protecting for the Constitution, and mm-hmm. we're not letting the kids be protected by the Constitution. So you know, we, yeah. we have to step up. Uh, you know, they woke the, the sleeping giant in America, and it's the conservative people who's going to, have to step up and say, "Enough is enough." Amen, Tommy. Uh, look, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Our children are entitled to constitutional protections just like adults are. And, and here again, and, uh, Tommy, thank you for the call, too. Where anybody gets the unmitigated gall to think that they can play games with somebody else's child. I mean, it's just it's just beyond the pale. It really is. I, I don't this is. Well, this is a level of of evil, but of course it is Marxism through and through because Karl Marx believed that the family was inherently evil and needed to be destroyed uh, and that everybody should have their their primary allegiance to the state. And George Lukacs, the communist, um, uh, what was he, uh, I think it was the health commissar or something like that, in, in Hungary in 1913 said the way to separate parents from their children is through sex education. That's where the whole thing started. It started with a communist strategy for how do you break up the family, and this was how you do it. And they're still practicing it today, whether they know where the or, what the origins are or not. That's where this idea came from. And now we've got teachers' unions that are, in effect, shilling for Karl Marx. And, and our children are their victims. And you're right. It's time to say enough is enough.
Uh, let's go to C.D. in Tennessee. C.D., welcome. Yeah, Bishop, first-time caller, Tennessee. All right. Welcome, C.D. Glad to hear from you. All right. Uh, married at uh, 17, got my wife pregnant before we were married. Mother and father question, should we get an abortion? Now, many, many, many years later, I have six grandkids, nine great-grandkids. So abortion, no. And uh, we serve the Lord. uh, Made it through some rough times, but we're there. And uh, I I think on the flip side of all these abortions, 73 million-plus, who knows, that's 73 million plus that are serving the Lord right now. Amen. CD, thank you so much for the call. And thank you for reminding us all that those babies may have been aborted, but in the sight of God, they are still alive. They're with him. I've said many times, I believe that those, those babies will be standing there and they won't be babies then, but they'll be standing there. When, when the abortionist who, who just slaughtered babies by the hundreds and thousands to enrich themselves uh, stands before God and those babies are there to say, you killed me. Why would you kill me? Why would you take my life? So those people who fail to repent and come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior are going to go into hell with the blood of those babies screaming in their ears for the rest of eternity, you kill me, you kill me, you murdered me. I was innocent. I did nothing to you, but you murdered me for money, for convenience, for, for status, for fun. So CD, and that, that is a very powerful reminder of the spiritual dimensions of this thing uh, and how evil it ultimately is and that these folks are all going to have to answer to Almighty God. And it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. We'll be back in a moment. In honor of the grand opening of the Don Wildman Center for Cultural Transformation on February 1st, AFA will re-release The God Who Speaks on our new streaming platform and in a special limited edition DVD set. The God Who Speaks, tracing evidence for the Bible's inspiration and authority, was originally released in 2018. This special set includes features like two hours of new footage and a Sunday school curriculum. Learn more at thegodwhospeaks.org. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. Hi, this is Dan Celia from Financial Issues. Look, you know how much I care about income. We gotta have income because we're always going to be consuming and we need to make sure that we've got income over and above our social security, maybe even over and above our social security and a pension. What I want you to consider and think about is a charitable remainder trust. A charitable remainder trust 
is going to allow you an income that is going to be far better than CD income. And someday, when the Lord calls you home, you'll be doing kingdom work. What a way to get income for the rest of your life. Call the AFA Foundation. Get more information, 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. Ask them about a charitable remainder trust. Now, when I came in that prison, we had to live with 700 prisoners in a room that was built for 200. Even inside that concentration camp, Corrie Ten Boom describes how she saw God's incredible faithfulness on today's Focus on the Family Minute. It was terrible dirty, and very soon our clothing were full of lice. Those lies have caused many sicknesses, but in some way they have helped us. For the guards would never come into our room. They were afraid to get lies from us. That was good. The Bible was a forbidden book, but twice a day we had a Bible message in Barak 28. And God had used for that angels and lies. God can use everything. More from Corey at FamilyMinute.org. Back to The Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. Think of this, folks. You've got a loved one, God forbid, but say you have a loved one or had a loved one, or maybe one day we'll have a loved one who's dying, and none of the treatments that the hospitals or doctors are providing are helping. And you say, well, look, there is another treatment that I'm told is available that might help. President Donald Trump championed what he called the right to try. Now we're being told that, well, monoclonal antibodies might help, but no. Ivermectin might help, but no. Hydroxychloroquine might help, but no. Yeah, but my loved one is dying. What, how can it hurt it? No, 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 you can't. So in other words, they will determine the, the fate of your loved one based upon what they want. Because if a person is dying, what? difference does it make? How can it hurt anyone to try something if nothing else is working? But this is the arrogance of power. And frankly, it's really quite disgusting. You just wonder, how can, how is it that Americans who have gotten, some Americans have allowed themselves to become that degenerate in their thinking? 888-589-8840. The lines are full. And uh, we're going to try to get every one of you in. If you can get right to your point, it'll be great for the next person who I'm, is, I'm sure is looking for an opportunity to, to share their comments as well. So let's come right back to your calls. Uh, we finally come to Deborah in Georgia. I was a little ahead of myself there, Deborah, but you are on. Hello, Bishop. How are you doing? I am blessed, Deborah. How are you? All right. This is for my second time calling in, and I just want to say thank God for you, Bishop. Keep on doing what you're doing. You're a mouthpiece for all of us that cannot stand up and speak. But I thank, thank God you. for you, and I thank God that man is not in charge. God is Amen. in charge of my life, and he has not given me that spirit of fear. So thank you, Bishop, you and your team. Y'all are a job well done. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much, Deborah. Really, we really do appreciate that. 
And, and you are right. God is still on the throne. And, you know, look, people say, well, God is in control. But clearly, he's not in control of people who do evil because they've rejected his control. But, Deborah, you said it right. He is in control of my life, and he is in control of your life. And therefore, we are under his protection. We dwell in the secret place of the Most High and abide under the shadow of the Almighty Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Deborah. All right, let's come back to the lines. Let's go to David in Alabama. David, welcome. Hello, Bishop. Hi, David. Good to hear from you. Hey, listen, I know why they cannot allow any of the therapeutics to work. When they approved the vaccine for emergency use only, it was uh, approved because you're not allowed to have any therapeutics that work for it to be an emergency use. Okay. It has never been approved. It's just yep. still emergency use only. So if they allow any therapeutic to be used, then that's going to take their, take away their emergency use status. And when they do, yep. you're talking about Pfizer has made like a $340 billion profit this year. The hospitals are getting a windfall. I mean, every bed full and the government's paying for every bit of it, or we are. And there's no way yeah. they're ever going to say any therapeutic will work. David, look, you nailed it. What you said is, is absolutely accurate. Thank you for the call. Absolutely accurate. And here again, what, what bothers me so much about this if this were happening in China, I'd say, see, that's the way they behave. If it were happening in Russia, even, I'd say, well, see, that's Putin. If it were happening in some totalitarian or tyrannical country, I'd say, yep, that's what you expect. This is the United States of America. I really have a higher level of expectation for our own people than what we're witnessing right now. And, and folks, I, I, I say this with, with all sincerity. There is not enough money in the world to make me sell out the life of a single human being, let alone hundreds of thousands or millions. There's not enough money in the world. Now, I don't know how I would have thought about that if I were not a Christian, had I not given my life to Jesus Christ, but I have. And I know you, you, you couldn't pay me. $340 billion wouldn't even, <laughs> it wouldn't be a drop in the bucket to, to, to sell out the life of one person. I just couldn't do it. But we got people in our country today, sadly, as I've said before, you know what? They're Americans in name only. Their heart's not in it. And their heart's not for the American people. It's for themselves, their own power, their own money, their own influence. And it's, it's a tragic situation. Now, we can't stop people from thinking that way, but you know what we can do? We can stop people who think that way from being in power. <laughs> That's what we've got to do. Okay, let's come back to the lines. We've got Clifford in Kentucky. Clifford, welcome. Yes, uh, uh, sniff uh, Provodon twice a day up your nostrils, rinse your mouth with it, and spit it out, and go to uh, COVID, COVID-19, the second opinion, second opinion, and it's ronjohnson.cent docsenate.gov, second opinion, and it's a conference, five hours long. It's wonderful. You're talking to doctors who are trying to get the second opinion and the, the truth out there about the vaccine. Advocate it. 
promote it and do what you can. Thank you very much. All right, Clifford, thank you. You know, I like that concept. I've heard that, and I thought, yeah, you know, why haven't we talked about that? Because everybody knows that in any serious medical situation where you get a diagnosis, you are entitled to and ought to seek a second opinion. Does another doctor say the same thing? Does he say something different? Um, When I had that tumor that I've talked to you all about, that desmoid tumor, I went to more than one doctor to seek make sure that other another reputable physician would concur in exactly what my problem was. Now we're being told you don't need to go see anybody else. We are we are the experts, and we will tell you. As someone was saying earlier in the program, yeah, listen to the experts. We know you don't. Yeah, how's that working out? Not very well. Okay, let's come back to the calls. Uh, Kathy in Indiana. Kathy, welcome. Hi, Bishop. Thank you so much for allowing me to come on today and have this testimony. I've got Glad one for ivermectin. Okay. Thank you. <clears throat> um, my husband has stage 4 COPD, and we've been afraid this whole time because of um, all of the things that they told us about COVID. And so when it first started, we actually found a doctor through America's Frontline Doctors in Indiana that would prescribe COVID to him because his pulmonary doctor wouldn't even prescribe anything that would help prevent COVID. You said you so, said would prescribe. You said would prescribe COVID. You meant to say I think would prescribe ivermectin. Yes, I did. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. And so we we got a hold of this doctor, and he did, and we could not get it filled. Big box pharma wouldn't do it. We had a heck of a time. Well, we went to a compounding pharmacy here in our town, and they would fill it. You know, of course, insurance didn't pay for it, but they did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Long story short, we both got COVID because everybody is going to, and um, he took the ivermectin and I didn't. He breezed through it, um, and I was sick for almost 10 days. Wow. There, Kathy, your own little experiment in your own home, and you saw the difference. You know, here again, Kathy, thank you so much for the call. Really appreciate it. And glad that you and your husband are are well. Uh, We pray for your husband, by the way, um, especially. But it it just, here again, folks, I mean, I think the evidence is in. And yet we're still being told by officials. I told you, I just saw an article that just came out two or three days ago in one of the, the, the local television networks that described ivermectin as horse medicine. And I said, but that's ridiculous because physicians won a Nobel Prize for the development of ivermectin as a treatment for human beings from a number of maladies. And all it's being suggested by these frontline uh, medical doctors is repurposing that drug to be used for COVID, which is here again, common, normal happens all the time that drugs are repurposed. All of a sudden, oh, no, it's horse medicine. I mean, it's just the level of corruption is is almost hard. It's, it's almost impossible to fathom. It really is, particularly since you know that people's lives are at stake. Okay, but thank you for the call, Kathy. Let's get to uh, Janice in Texas. Janice, welcome. Hi, Bishop. How are you? I am blessed, Janice. Okay. Well, I just wanted to mention this book that I've been reading, Dark Agenda by David Horowitz, where it talks about how long it's been going on that 
Christians' rights are being taken away slowly mm-hmm. by the left. And, and, and that's continuing on because, you know, COVID happened after he wrote the book. But um, the same thing's still going on because they won't let Christians have exemptions for the most part for yeah. these vaccines that don't work. Janice, thank you so much. Janice, thank you for the call. You know, we're almost out of time and we've got one or two more that we want to get in. But Janice, you're right. I mean, this has been another excuse for limiting or eliminating the religious liberty of Christians particularly. And and it's here again. This stuff, folks, has got have, has got to stop. And it's up to you and I to bring it to a stop by speaking, stepping up, standing up, speaking up and getting fully engaged and involved and refusing to apologize for our point of view. But thank you for the call, Janice. Winifred in Mississippi. Winifred, I think you're going to be the last I can get in, but you're on. Okay, great. Thank you. I just wanted to say, first-time caller, just found you six months ago on the radio, and I love you. Thank you. fluvoxamine for 50 years. Just found out that it has a 90% cure rate against COVID. Wanted to know if you had heard anything about in your study. You know, it's I, it, I think it is mentioned in the Robert F. Kennedy book. He mentions a lot of different things. And I think that that's one of the things that is mentioned, fluvoxamine. But Winifred, thank you so much for the call. You can hear the music. I've got to go. Folks, I want you all to have a wonderful weekend and enjoy yourselves. If you're in the local area, you want to come by our church. We're at 943 Canal Drive in Chesapeake, Virginia at 11 a.m. Look, folks, we just have to keep standing up for what we know is right. We're going to win because the truth cannot be defeated. And this we know. We cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.